Listening to Tabletop and Beyond with your host Justin. But before we get started, how was your geek week? And co-hosts Dan and Jason. You have to be willing to let the dice help you tell the story. Okay, look, this year I'm going to stop mispronouncing words. Join us as we cover board games to war games and beyond. Welcome back to Tabletop and Beyond. I am your host, Justin. I am here with the incredible Jason. Hey! Welcome, welcome back, my friend. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I jumped you. Uh, we're missing Dan. He's so busy with his life. So, so busy. <sighs> yeah, we both know how it is, though. Yes, it's true. It's true. So busy with our lives. But alas, uh, here we are, though. And we're We are. Let's have an episode. Yes, sir. So today we are going to talk about RPG Shocker. You know, we should give a um, – <laughs> right, right. What's this podcast about? Uh, we should give a, a a little, like, you know, a little enticement as to what's coming soon in terms of uh, partnership affiliation. Oh. Let's not say what it really is, just that something's coming. Um, maybe I can give a hint. Hold on, hold give on. Give a hint. I'm going to give a hint. Okay. Okay. I'm going to move the microphone. First, first, here's my hint. That's one hint. Okay. Okay, and here's hint number two. Did that work? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> was that a pretty good hint? That's a pretty good hint. That's a pretty good hint. Yeah, so stay tuned because very soon we will we are we are actually opening an affiliation or a partnership with yep. something related to that hint that, uh, that hint. we're gonna we're gonna I think we're gonna we're gonna explore taking it to the next level with Patreon and potentially giving some some access to this hint what this hint is referring to to our patreon so let's have some <laughs> let's have some hint, fun with it hint number three hint number three stay tuned yeah okay so uh if you listen to this show you reckon you'll know that this this hint is an important part of everything that we do here yeah right everything. so um, we're very close. We just have to sign the documents. Yep. We got to sign our lives away. That's it. We need to cross all our T's and dot all of our lowercase J's. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Cross our eyes, cross our eyes and dot our T's and then we'll be done. Yeah. Do you remember, uh, Wayne's world? Yeah. Like when they're going to sign it and the dude's got the glass eye and they're like, yep, all we just need to do is just cross the T's and dot the lowercase J's. <laughs> <laughs> so funny great times Ugh. that's an old reference to hopefully half of our audience that may get yeah. it well let's let's be honest with ourselves it's probably most of our audience gets it because what kids listen to us right probably none yeah my daughter thinks we're weird so yeah. she wouldn't well, get the reference anyway our podcast should be five seconds long in a series of tiktoks then we'd get the younger generation that's just it and they'd be like what are they talking about yeah well that's too long as long as dan's doing the dance <laughs> Right. <laughs> Speaking so, of Dan, he's not here with us today, but we do have a few news we'll get to in a little bit. We do. We do. Um, until then, how was your Geek Week, Jason? I had a fun Geek Week. 
Um, I spent a lot of time initially down in my basement over the holiday weekend uh, building the terrain for my Kill Team Chilneth. And, uh, about time. Yep, about time and uh, painting it. And interestingly, you know, as I actually opened this box I have had f- on my shelf for quite some time, and we all know it was last year, actually it was before this time last year that that box was produced, uh, made, um, I realized that that box is not really a starter box. It's a, uh, it's more of a, how, what do you call it? Like a supplement or an expansion. It's an expansion because it has so, terrain. It has two kill teams. Yep. And it has a book for for scenarios around the terrain and those kill teams. But yep. it doesn't have the full rules for those kill teams. No. And it doesn't have the markers, the tokens, the measuring tools that normally come in what you would consider like an intro box for, for it. Which is fine. And it makes sense because the price is actually lower on that box than than the other boxes. And now I understand kind of why the price is lower. But I still think it's a good I still think it's a good deal because you get some really good models for the Adeptosaurus and the Tau, and the terrain is absolutely lovely. So it's I've amazing. really enjoyed it. Yeah, you're showing pictures of that. Um, I found out that the terminology, and, and I just learned this the other day. Okay. Apparently, my um, Octarius box that I got that had the rules and all the measurement tools and all that stuff, right? Yeah. That is what is called a launch box. Oh. Uh, and like then the season. Or yes. The, yeah. Yes. And then what you got is called a starter box. Okay. So terminology. So yes. So launch you box start- has everything you need to play. Yep. Starter box, you still need. You technically need some supplemental materials to have a full game. Right, and then there's the individual boxes where you get like the individual, like yeah, kill teams, the kill teams or, or the terrain yeah. separately or whatever. Yeah. So I, I did still not know it, that. Yeah, I still <laughs> think it's a good deal. I think you can get this box for like somewhere around a hundred bucks right now, which yeah. isn't bad for the terrain itself. The terrain and then the two kill teams. It's yeah, it's actually a pretty good price in my opinion. I mean, I think that each kill team, uh, the Tau one and the Sisters of Battle, I think they're running about fifty dollars each. So. Yeah, so it's definitely if you're l- interested in the ca- the Tau and the and the Sisters, um, it's definitely better just to buy this box if you can find one. I, I don't think they are getting a little uh, uh, less available, but the price is still not. It's still very reasonable in my opinion. Yeah, totally. Anyway, so Absolutely. that was my first thing I did in my basement, and I grim darked okay. it. Uh, I you know. I love uh, the aesthetic from our friend we've had on the podcast. Is that Castagunis? Cat, cast, uh, cat, Castagunis. It's Owen. Owen Can- yes, uh, Kendall. Yes, Owen. Uh, not <laughs> uh, Kendall Oates. Yep. So, but anyways, I love his aesthetic. I think it makes sense to me. I was talking to my friends, like, like you know, if I want to play a game that's in the 40K, then these dudes have been living in their armor behind enemy lines for, like, you know, months. So their armor is not going to look pristine like they got out of the shower when they hit the battlefield, in my opinion. So I, I love the dark, grimy look. It's um, it's a little desaturated, but to me that's okay. I, you know, when I when I was painting my towel, I put um. Uh, I put some some nice blue, into it that I think uh helps it pop when it's on the battlefield a little nice. bit to give nice. it that distinction. But we'll see. I I really like the grimy look. Um, and I think it, it plays to the aesthetic of your plane in some, you know, war-torn battlescape. Yeah, is my opinion. 
Nice. But, uh, the second uh, thing that I did was um, I have had my eye on a game on Steam called Other Side for a long time now. That mm. game was released originally in July of 2020 by an indie company called uh, Lightbulb Crew who developed it. Actually, Focus Home Interactive is the publisher. Okay. Um, it is a turn-based tactics kind of end-of-the-world living in reliving memories games. It's okay. roguelike. It's very punishing. Um to give you a sense of that, um, when you play the game, uh, it's in the future where the world basically has collapsed and you are some supernatural kind of mother that can create daughters, that can ger germinate, literally that's the word, germinate. You can germinate daughters from your own kind of blood. And those daughters, when you make a new daughter, it has, you know, kind of different skills that you can develop and you can level up as you play missions with them. But the daughters never heal. The only way to heal a daughter is by sacrificing another daughter. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So it's and the 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 graphical aesthetic is very, it's very good. So like you look at these daughters and like I immediately have an emotional connection to them and like I can't believe I have to sacrifice one to heal another. It's just, um, and it's it's very punishing. Um, you know, it's turn based, it's tactic, it's turn based. You have all the time in the world to decide what you want to do, but if you make one wrong tactical mistake, you will lose a daughter. Uh, so, um, you can spawn new daughters, you know, but you have to win battles to get points, like kind of blood points, in order to spawn new daughters or level up daughters. So, you can you can tell if things start to go south and they go south really quickly. You can get kind of a stuck in a rut to where you'll ultimately never be able to get the points to keep spawning daughters and failing. You'll eventually fail the kind of thing. But failure, it, it is a forgiving in the sense that when you do ultimately like totally fail, like wipe out your everybody, you have nobody. Yeah. You start over completely, but you have a couple things that stay with you. So it kind of helps you kind of grow some strength to get a little bit better. But the main thing, and as in all rogue games, the main thing you keep with you is is your knowledge of how to tactically play the game better, right? So you do a little bit better next time. But it's on sale right now for like twelve bucks. Um, I think hey. it's originally like a thirty or forty dollar game. Um, it's an deal. indie game, so it's not, you know, it is what it is. But uh, if you like tactic based rogue like turn games, the this is it's a good and one to check out. Sacrificing your children and sacrificing your children. <laughs> Who give their all for you. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Hello, mother. <laughs> yes. Anyways, that was my Geek Week. What about you, Very good. Uh, I had a pretty good Geek Week, my friend. It was the Nova Open. Oh, that's right. I was there. You were there for part of it, at least. For one of it. Yeah, one of the days. Uh, we had a Warcry tournament that uh, I ran and you participated in. You got second place, my friend. Second place. It was fun. Yep. I have a plaque in my car for you. Oh, really? For best general. Nice. Yeah, because I gave the best overall to Justin Orton, so that would give you best general. Oh, right? cool. And I have a best painting for Andy's uh, uh, Beastman army yeah. that he won. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was thinking if we were going to talk about that as a podcast, but I think we'll probably save that for our next winning war cry. Yeah, episode. we'll get total, We'll get more into it. But I did, uh, I did end up playing in the Age of Sigmar Grand Tournament. Yeah. Uh, it was two days, obviously five games over two days. Um, at the top eight had to play another three three games, so I was just wiped out playing eight games. You know, making that's it to the crazy, top eight. man. Eight games. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it doesn't off, sound like, it doesn't sound like yeah. that much, but that is a lot of strategical thinking. 
It is, know. and and to be fair, uh, to be perfectly honest, I didn't even come close to making the top eight. But yeah. um, <laughs> but after let's see, I played eight games, uh, or sorry, three games on Friday, and we started at nine a.m. is when you know dice were starting to roll, and we finished at eight p.m. And I drove home after that, and I got home, and my family was watching some movies or something like that, and it was uh -huh. like. By the time I got home, it was like 10.30, and then after talking with them for a little bit, it was like 11, and they're like, let's watch the Lord of the Rings show, and I'm like, I don't know, guys, I'm pretty tired. I'm like, please. I'm like, fine, turn it on. Like, within five minutes, I was I was out. <laughs> I was so tired, like mentally wiped out from just three games, just three games, you know. Um, our friend Caleb Walters, he played four games on Thursday, three games on Friday, three games on Saturday, and two games on Sunday. And then died. And then died. He, so he played 12 <laughs> games over four days, which is like three games a day. That, I don't – I mean, that's – it's Caleb, right? He's got the mind yeah. for it. He knows the game. He can he yep. can just sit and play it. But, but oh he my had gosh. some intense games. He's had some really intense games. So he – like I was talking to him today, and he's wiped out. Like I, I'm going to get him on the podcast for our next um, uh, Age of Sigmar episode because he took – for or he took second in the invitational which is like the top 16 players in the country right um and uh well 12 of the top players in the country like you had to basically go five and oh at a grand tournament yeah to make the invitational you know so he took second in that and then he won overall grand tournament so i mean like, he's he yeah, is did awesome did he play his his each? yes Yes. Yeah, he he's like the number one each player in the in the yeah by by a long margin. Yeah, in the would you say in the world? Maybe honestly, maybe. I I bet he could be. Yeah, if he went, yeah. um, I bet he could be if he went into those, some of those other tournaments. Yep. yep. He's a. I mean, he knows the game, man. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and I'll the tell Warhammer you Hammer Open last year, like it's, the it's, entire U.S. Open. Well, and it's because he plays twelve games in a weekend. Yes, exactly. exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So yeah. I, I, the last thing I did for the Nova Open was I took a painting class from Devin Meyer. Um, we're going to get him on the podcast because, um, like, this was a very enlightening painting class for me. And not really, like, in the way that you would think. Everything that was taught to me in that class, it was like a five-hour painting class. Everything that was taught to me in that class, I had seen over YouTube. I knew the theory. I've read about it. Like, I, I've done all that. But – it was just sitting in that class that he kind of pulled it all together that all of a sudden, like all the connections were made and the light bulb went off in my head and I'm like, bing. And I felt like a much better painter. Is this one where moment. you painted the bust? Yes. That was a five hour class. Really? Yeah. So wow. here's the thing though, is that we spent like the first hour just on light theory, like how light affects what you're seeing. You know uh, what I mean? And yeah, color yeah, and yeah. all that stuff. And then we went out and we, primed our busts and he showed us how to prime them to get the light that you wanted you know because we did zenithal highlight some people did genithal which is like light coming up from below like something's glowing from below you know or something like that um and then we talked about object source lighting then those are like the three light sources that you can have while painting mm -hmm. so um so we did that for a little bit and then um we did some sketch art which was, I thought, really interesting. So basically, he helped us set up our wet palettes, which, again, was good because, like, I've seen how to do it on YouTube, and he's like, dude, you got way too much water going on here. Like, you're swimming. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I have that all the time, you know? So um, he showed us that, and then we kind of made our little spectrum of black and white. 
you know and so we had like black on one side white on one side and it was great like different shades of gray in the middle you know and then we just basically took that zenithal highlight that we had primed and we sketch blocked it in so on the whitest parts we put white and on the darkest parts we put black and on the medium parts we put gray and then we kind of blended it all together and once we got to a really happy place with that he said okay let's do color now and so we did kind of the same thing but color and that gave us a road map you know to um mm. to paint and mm -hmm. so uh dude i was i was he's like okay well, the class is over i'm like already like it did not feel like i was doing that for a long time you know what i mean like i could have and i was just so into it i could have been doing that for another five hours and probably not complained yeah well you know i think <clears throat> we've talked to him about having a doing like a local thing right yeah, I think um, what would be good is if he did his beginner's class because he goes over a lot of that same stuff, but at kind of a beginner's level. And I think that we have a lot of people in our group that could benefit from sort of the, you know, beginner art class before they got into, like, the bus class. You know what I mean? Yeah, mm -hmm. So for sure. Um, which would be good. Which would be good. So, anyway, that was the Nova Open. I think next year um, I'm not going to do the Grand Tournament. I think I'd rather do a War Cry Day, a Kill Team Day, a Painting Day, and then, like, the RTT, like the three – just the three-game one-day tournament. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for uh, Kill Team. The last guy I played in the um, the War Cry GT that you ran was uh, a Kill Team guy, and he, he, he was highly recommending. He says, if you like, you know, if you like a very thematic – based games is kill team can have a very good thematic feel to it that's cool yeah so yeah i'm excited to see yeah very good uh the other thing that i've been doing just to kind of get prepped for like maybe coming up with a little bit of a blackbirds campaign i've been reading the black company um books by glenn cook they're a little bit older written in the 90s um i think i i don't think i mentioned this on the show i said th i think i said i was going to start reading that but i've been reading it and um uh, it's a different style of book. Like you have to like the writing. Some people hate it. It's written more like a war journal than like a sort of prose, typical fantasy book. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of jumpy a little bit yeah. and like, it'll be like go from scene to scene, but it's like hard, hard breaks. Like as if you're reading a journal. You know what I mean? Where it's like, it's not going to go through every moment of every day. It just hits like the highlights. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, it feels like it feels like you're reading. I mean, the, the main character that you're following, he's the doctor of the group, essentially. And everybody kind of looks to him like is like, you know, like, well, he's the doc. So he gets included on a lot of missions that they go on and stuff like that. And um, so you're kind of seeing it through his eyes. And um, again, it's kind of it's kind of jumpy, like the writing's like kind of short, like you were just like writing down in your journal. Like, you're not going to, like, have perfectly crafted sentences and things like that. You know what I mean? So, um, I like it, though. It's good. And it's um, perfect for this Blackbird stuff. Like, I've already got ideas on how to, like, steal some themes and, and ideas from, from this book to make an interesting, interesting campaign if I wanted to. Hmm. So, it'd be very cool. So, yeah, anyway. All right, that's my Geek Week, dude. Cool. Uh, so... Since Dan is out, the good news, though, is that we still are going to be doing news. 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 <laughs> Sorry, Dan. We had to do it without you, buddy. Yep. 
All right, so the first one up is that Cthulhu, or Chaosium, has announced that they will be releasing Regency England. It is a time of social niceties, grand balls, romantic intrigues, and disappointments, as described in the novels of Jane Austen. Yet, through the lens of the Cthulhu mythos, horrors weave themselves in the hearts of everyday Georgians, from the richest to the poorest step into the Regency area, and work to uncover the dark secrets at the heart of Terryford. Twisted horrors that have lain dormant for centuries now seek to burst forth into England. This will be interesting. You know, so, yeah, go yeah, ahead. Go ahead. No, you first. I was going to say, like, this sounds like Sense and Sensibility and Sea Monsters and um, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, right? Or Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter... Which was actually a decent book. I kind of yeah. like that one. Yeah. The movie was terrible, but the book, man, it was awesome. It's it's interesting. For number one, uh, you know, Cthulhu has almost always been in the 1920s to 1930s. Yeah, or, that, that's his the, bread and butter. Yep, yep, right. So it's kind of the feeling that you've always had with it. Now we've obviously there's been more modern ad, ad, adaptations of pulling that the mythos into more modern settings, but I don't know if I've ever seen Cthulhu pushed backwards into the 1800s. So they do have uh they've had this for a while which is um along uh dusty trails or dark dusty trails something like that and it was basically a western Cthulhu campaign that you could run and it was like 1800s cowboys in cthulhu which is huh. kind of interesting interesting um so they've had different time periods for sure uh the 1920s definitely been a big one 1950s is another era that that um, they seem to explore right because yeah. again like technology totally hasn't caught up to where it's like not modern day yeah. type stuff you know and so it's hard. Communication's a little bit difficult. You can't just call your cell phone and be like, get out of the house, you know, or whatever. So, um, yeah, but, uh, you know, Jane Austen, England, you're talking mid-1800s, yeah. usually. Yeah. Early 1800s even, you know. It'll be interesting. I'm not sure if it's my bag. <laughs> here's here's the question. Yeah. Could you get your wives and girlfriends to play this with you? I don't know. It's like... Is that the gimmick behind this? Is to get your wife and girlfriends to play it? I don't know, man. Uh, I mean, my wife's a big Jane Austen fan, but I mean, what I if don't she, know. What if she gets to play Elizabeth? I, I don't know, man. And you play Mister Darcy, <laughs> <laughs> and and there just happens to be a demonic influence at play. So, so weird, <laughs> or cult influence at play. I don't know, man. There's, you know, it's, it could be interesting. Maybe could convince. Uh, we have a card game, uh, called Marrying Mister Darcy. Oh, right. That's what you're it's telling me actually about that. a fun card game, but uh, it's an it's a, a asymmetric kind of. Um, I don't even know how to describe the game. It's it's got a mechanic I haven't really played before in other games. It's fun. Um, but even that, I can't really get her to play it because it's not as simple as just like Uno, oh. or you know, it's like, well, hey, this is this been... is skinned just with all the things you like, okay? And then she starts playing. She's like, ah, there's so many rules and mechanics. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, it's how my wife, my wife refers to these types of games as my games. Oh, that's <laughs> your game. That's your kind of a game. Yeah. Which, by the way, I got a um, – don't tell Dan this, and maybe he'll listen to the episode. But um, I got a free copy of um, M- Mythic uh, – sorry, uh, Super Fantasy Brawl. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so – so yeah, I got a free copy of that, and I said, um, like, hey, this is a game that the family can play. It's really not that hard. Sophie played it with me one time, and my wife says, go put it on a shelf with your games. There you go. That's what she said. So I said, yep. okay, well, there goes playing it with the family. Yeah, good so. times, good times. I will tell you this tangent. Uh, we did play, uh, we did play the Kenny G game. Oh, did you? Yeah, and it was fun. We was played it? it? Yeah, we played it with our uh, two Annie and I and our two little girls. It's uh, keeping it sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny G, keeping it yeah, sexy. Yeah, up and we failed. Kenny G lost his groove. Oh no, that's not yeah. good. Was it <laughs> anyway. along? Was it like along the same kind of enjoyability as uh, Bob Ross, The Art of Chill? <laughs> yes, I would say it was way more simple than Bob Ross. Okay. It's a, it's right. a pretty darn simple game. You're basically at the root of the game. You're just matching colors. You're drawing cards, and everybody's trying to match colors to, in a certain sequence to pass events. And it's just skinned with a, uh, Kenny G hits. You know he hits traffic at nine a.m. and it's starting to take his groove down. How do you bring his groove back? <laughs> you know. It's like, well, let's give him let's give him some D whoop, which is really just the color blue, right? No, no, it's okay. <laughs> like, but anyways. But I like yeah, it. yeah. That's a little That's bit of a side good. tangent. But anyway. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. All right. The second news item is a legend is reborn. Free league to late. Oh man, I'm really bad at this. Okay, a legend <laughs> is reborn. Free league today launched the Kickstarter for Dragon Bane, Drakkar och Demoner. I think that's a Swedish name for it. A new and reimagined edition of Sweden's first and biggest tabletop role-playing game. The highly anticipated fantasy game was funded in just four minutes. The new edition has already raised more than 100,000 U.S. dollars during the first hour with 23 days to go. So um, I believe that when uh, Tomas Herrenstam was on our podcast uh, about a, two months ago. Yeah, about two when months. We're, when we were talking about uh, Blade Runner, he we asked what his biggest influences were, and he said this game specifically was the one that he played with all of his friends when he was younger. Was it this one? Um, I know it was a fantasy one. I know he had... Um, there's another one that they have republished a few times. But uh, anyways, yeah. The uh, Gosh, what was it? Um, they've got... They got what's another? There's another old one that they have that um, that they have published for a while that they redone. I can't remember. Anyways, maybe it was this one. But anyways, it, interesting. Uh, I will say that I think Free League makes amazing quality material. Like yes. their 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 art. Their game system is fun and easy. Um, it's innovative. It feels different, but it feels accessible yeah. at the same time. Um, I think that the art in this looks gorgeous. It's the same artist that did their Vassen yep. uh, game, so it looks good. The fact that it was funded in four minutes is nothing special to me now. It's like that happens all the time with any company that has any amount of a significant following, it's going right. to get funded in the first 10 minutes. 
Right. It's, yeah, and yeah. I no, I totally agree. And I mean, especially since like, I mean, if you think about it, like the probably the level that they were funding it at. Here, I'm gonna pull it up real quick. I was gonna say, I was gonna suggest that like the hundred dollar level is probably what people are doing. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. somewhere mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that for a hundred thousand dollars, that just means a thousand people signed up for like around that level. Yeah. You know? Um, and let's see the core box said, I'm looking at this project right now. All right. The, Oh man, come on, give it to me in us dollars. Cause I have no idea what this is. All right. <laughs> right. Man, show it to me in U.S. dollars. How do I do that? Uh, you go to Google and you type uh, KR to or SEC to. Um, I guess it's 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 ten to one. Five dollars. It's about the right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So for about twenty five dollars, you can get the digital edition that has three hundred thirty four backers. For thirty-seven dollars, you can get the core box set, which actually is pretty good. That's pretty. Oh yeah, good. they have really uh, reasonably priced core box yeah. sets. Yeah, so they're good company. Um, yeah, so and in PD, you get it in PDF format as well. So you get the core box set. Um, I don't know what's totally in that. Yeah, I think we're you know we've very quickly been becoming a fan of this company because of how accessible their material is to yeah. the community. You know, it's not like you don't have to drop tons of money to get plain. And they provide so much good, like, and we'll talk about this actually a little bit later as we get into our main topic. They provide so much good intro, like, uh, resources to kick you into the game system. It makes it very easy to get going with a low investment. Uh, yeah, so for about $75, this is kind of the $100 level I was talking about, but for $75, you get the core box set, the PDF, a Game Master screen, and a cloth. That you can put on your table. A cloth. Yeah, honorable what? mention and whatever stretch goals they have. By the way, I'm looking at this. There's a quick start guide right now in PDF that you can download. Yeah, and start you can playing. get it right from the website. Yep. From from the Kickstart, like let let's go. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, man. So um, for ninety three dollars, get this. This is crazy. Ninety three dollars. Um, it's the retailer bundle. You can get five core box sets for ninety three dollars. Yeah. Which is like twenty dollars a box. So yep. if you and you and four friends want the box set, you could all go in together and and do it. Yeah, you it's know? pretty pretty good. Pretty like I said, accessible. Very accessible. Um, it looks really good. Like it looks it it. Oh man, it looks fun. It looks fun. This looks fun. People should. <laughs> all right, everybody. It's the art. The art is gorgeous. It is amazing. You look everybody, at the art and you think, I want to play in that world. Well, okay, so I just saw this, and the way that they had the font, it said 250,000 sec, S-E-K, but it looked like sex. 250,000 sex. Okay. <laughs> this is a family show, so they wouldn't say they wouldn't put that on there. But, yeah. Wow, they've got initiative. You can get stretch goals, which include, like, character sheets and initiative cards. Yeah, That's they're really cool. good about, like, providing those extra things, like little cards, skill cards, equipment cards. Those fun things you can hand out to people. It's like, you got an axe. Oh, here it is. Oh, cool. Yeah. A battle map if they get. Dude, their yeah. map, their maps are are really good material. It's not just like thin paper that's going to yeah. tear. It's like thick, really heavy grade material. If they get up to 
$900,000, you can get a full conversion of Dragon Bane on Foundry Virtual ta Tabletop, like ready to go. So if you want to play it digitally, yep, that's pretty go. cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, there's there's just so much good stuff. And, of course, you can add in stuff like the Alien RPG, Tales from the Loop, Forbidden Lands, Vassin, like the One Ring. You can add those in, and, like, it, it just reduces the amount of shipping that you'd have to pay, you know? So, man, there's some it. I think it looks amazing. I almost convinced myself to back it, even though we have a friend that's already backed it, so... It's really good, really good looking. Mm -hmm. Keep yep. up the good work, Free League Publishing, because like every time I see your stuff, I'm amazed. I'm amazed. Yes, sir. So, all right, very good. All right, what's our last thing? Dragonfall, Dragonfall Convention, twenty-two to twenty-three October. Be there, be there, be there. You going? I think uh, probably not. <laughs> yeah, um, burned all the brownie points with gen con and nova open pretty much my wife turned to me the other day and she's like i feel like you're never here and i'm like uh-oh okay yep. she Ooh, said that after it. she said that after she discovered that we're having our aliens rpg session on friday night oh no i know and i'm like uh <laughs> i'm here today and tomorrow <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's all right she's going to the beach and like October. That's right. Wife. I think my wife's going on that trip too. She is. Yeah. Yep. So what's happening? Which at means Dragonfall? more gaming for us. Yes, it does. While the uh, wives are gone. Dragonfall Charity Gaming Festival. Charity, charity, charity. It's, it's like a monster truck rally. Uh, they've obviously got 40k that they're playing. They obviously got Age of Sigmar. They playing. They obviously got Kings of War. Obviously. Uh, they're playing Flames of War, the World War II miniatures game. Team Yankee, another well, that's World War Three, which hasn't happened yet. So maybe that's just a preview of things to come. Uh, they've got Corvus Bell Infinity that they're playing. They've got an Infinity narrative event, Marvel Crisis Protocol, which, dude, I hear was really hot at at uh, Nova Open. By the way, a lot of people were loving playing Marvel Crisis Protocol. We should try it sometime. Have you tried that before? I have not tried it. We do have one friend. Um in our discord that uh in new mexico that is big into painting and uh collecting those box the cards and all that stuff i don't think he's doing this one though i think he's doing Isn't the marvel united mm -hmm. oh he's i think you're marvel right united. he's united yep 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 yeah. so uh i know that our new guy in the discord devin uh sells this for a pretty good price but i don't and know he's also selling the whole united set Yes, for a really good price. Yeah, yeah. So, Check out our uh, Discord, folks. That's right. That's right. Uh, X-Wing tournament that they got, Song of Ice and Fire, Battletech. And RPGs. And a whole bunch of RPGs. And I learned about this because I saw Sam Lenz, who's an artist that I love to follow. He's really good stuff. He's going to be teaching um, three classes, an intro to freehand, Paint a Sword, which I've taken his Paint a Sword class. I've also taken his intro to freehand class as well. And he's doing some semi-private lessons. Wow. So, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Well, so cool. it sounds like fun. Um, if you're in the area, it's in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. <laughs> if you're in the area, yes. Yeah, it's actually October 23rd from 7 a.m. to October 24th to 7 a.m. That's that's just 24 hours? Okay. 
24 yes, hours of gaming. All right. That's a weird time to end, I think, don't you? At 7 a.m.? Yeah, uh, yeah uh, maybe we might be reading that wrong. I don't know, dude. It says it right in the front. October 23rd, 7 a.m. to October 24th, 7 Maybe it's like a 24-hour game-a-thon. Really? You know, maybe. Details. That's what I'm looking at. Uh, yeah. It looks like it's just a 24-hour game-a-thon. 2020, 20, 24 hours to go. <laughs> no one <be>. Okay. <laughs> so. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, no, no. So the, um, for example, the 40K championship is Saturday and Sunday, all day Saturday and all day Sunday. So that just must be a goof, goof up. Okay. Yeah, same with the AOS. It's all day Saturday and all day Sunday. It looks like it's TBD right now. They're still figuring out the dates. Oh, well, they've got October 22nd to 23rd everywhere. Grand Geneva Resort, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. Wisconsin, Wisconsin. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's it for our news. That's it for our news. Uh, Hopefully you enjoyed it. So, all right. What are we talking about today, Jason? We're talking about new stuff. New stuff. We just talked about the news. Well, (laughs) how do you pull, how do you quickly learn a new system if you're interested in running it with your gaming group? I feel like, Jason, we've got some experience in this. Lots, man. We've played with lots of different systems. Yeah. um, You ran Firefly at one point, right? Yep. And this Uh, was the original Firefly RPG, not the, the new one that they have today. Oh, I didn't know they had a new Firefly yes, RPG. Yes, there, there was a prior one. Oh, wow, interesting. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, uh, we've run Shout of the Demon Lord that we had to learn, right? We've run, I've run Call of Cthulhu. I've run, um, I mean, I learned D&D, right? I learned it. Um, what else have we run? Uh, uh, RuneQuest was one that we tried out. Yep, Mothership's a big one. Uh, did you say that yeah, one already? But, yeah. I did not. Uh, you're planning one this Friday, right? Yeah, we're going to run Alien from Free League Publishing this Friday. Yep. The Excited cinematic. about that. That should Excited be fun. Exciting. Yeah, I think um, I, like we've got a lot of experience running this stuff. And, and so, you know, why might you want to learn to run a new system? Well, there are things beyond D&D. Beyond. That's not D&D Beyond. Yeah. The things beyond D and D beyond. Yeah, and, and I think that's the the. I always try because whenever I talk with people that find out, oh, you're a gamer, like do you play Dungeons and Dragons, is like I've played that game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> They're like, oh, that's what everybody plays. It's like, well, let me talk to you a little bit about a little podcast we got going on here. But right. It's you know there's. There are so many other things out there that so many people aren't aware of, you know. And and to to their credit, Wizards of the Coast yes. has done a good job with their you know with their their product in oh, terms yeah. of you know uh, branding and uh, turning that brand into kind of the mass ec- the mass exposure. Um, you know, people who all they knew was Dungeons and Dragons. That's all they knew. I think Wizards has done a good job from their marketing standpoint of kind of locking that into people's brains. Yeah. Of role playing is Dungeons and Dragons, and unless you're 
like a heavy gamer like us who like plays goes to conventions plays different systems is always scraping the indie scene and everything you might actually just think that role-playing is just dungeons and dragons that's right that's right i mean it kind of blew my mind that runequest was around just as long as dungeons and dragons uh, 70s yep yeah so 1976 is when it first came out yep and you're like whoa that's been this long and i'm just sort of now hearing about it you know like i mean i had heard about it but like not really even thought about trying it you know and so uh yeah i mean like wizards of the coast you're absolutely right like Stranger Things has cemented Dungeons and Dragons in people's minds nowadays as like the role playing game. You yeah, know? and and to be fair, in that time frame, in the in the eighties time frame before the internet, Dungeons and Dragons was probably probably was the most accessible yeah. RPG. If you were gonna do that thing, it was probably the one that you would find right because, you know, as you'd go into your bookstore in the mall. Yep. that's what you would see on the shelf. You wouldn't see really any of the indie stuff. And you know, This is pre-internet, pre-accessibility pre-accessi- to the market for these smaller smaller right. systems. So. Right, yeah. Can you imagine trying to advertise for these games without the internet now? Yeah, I mean, it would just like, be conventions and conventions. game stores. Conventions yep. and local game stores, which, you know, there, there were some, but not really a lot. Right. I mean, when I was growing up, it was the... You know, and there could have been that I didn't know of, but really most of our game stuff was paired with either a baseball card. Like I got my magic cards in a baseball card store. They had like a tiny oh, little yeah. box. They would just stock magic cards. This is early nineties, right? They yep. would stock magic cards in 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 the back corner because man, there's just this thing. But it was mainly a baseball card store. And then my D and D books were in like I don't even it, I'm sure it was not called a Barnes and Noble but it was whatever you know whatever the bookstore was in the mall at that time they had they had you know in the back corner there were this little tiny section with ra- under the Ravenloft and Dragonlance books there were these yeah. D- a couple D and D modules you could get I remember seeing D and D stuff at the comic book store yeah or the comic book store yep mm-hmm. you know that's another and place there were, there was like magic cards there and stuff like that. Um, and then you'd find D and D stuff, but, um, yeah, but even then it wasn't that popular. So, so yeah, I mean, you get people. Okay, so people nowadays that like D and D sort of like the settlers of Catan into strategic games, right? It's like the it's like the starter, the starter drug, the one that gets you hit, hooked on doing role playing games, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. You know, soon that hit just it doesn't do, doesn't scratch the itch anymore, right? Like it doesn't give you the high high that you're looking for. So maybe uh, what's next? What el- what else you got? You know, what other good stuff you got out there? Yeah, and as we've talked about a lot, you know, there are many of other systems out there. So I guess you know the real question kind of becomes, how do you explore? explore a new system without having to just like gather all of the material you can and spend you know weeks reading and pouring through material now some people that's totally your bag you know that just can't get enough and if so great you know but some of us like me because we always want to try new systems i don't i can't really and i have a life you know with kids and all that stuff i can't just pour every night for three weeks into you know source material to try to learn a new system so 
yeah and and when i asked you the question before we started the podcast right um i said like you know how do you quickly learn a new rpg system you're like will you play it duh yeah well and <laughs> i know? think if you're if you're trying to learn it from a player's perspective i think that is the best way it it's, is you know and when we go to you go to gaming conventions you go to yep. gen con we try to learn what was the one um uh what was the one that we the new system we did this time the with that very tiny source book with the guy and uh the, nowheresville yeah it nowhereville was, uh, like yeah. uh you know we set the table and they the gm gives you kind of a quick overview you look down at your character sheet you're like all right well let's just play yeah right and exactly. after about you know after about an hour of playing it's like okay i understand yeah exactly and you know what so i think this is important i wanted to make this point because i think you play the games you realize you like it and then you want to run it okay mm -hmm. and so you're like okay i played this once and i kind of learned how it works but now i need to like learn how to run it which is a different thing that happened with you and me and shadow of the demon lord oh totally. remember yeah. like we played the game we're like dude we're high-fiving at the end we're like this is awesome and we literally got on amazon i got on amazon right outside of the convention i'm like i ordered this book I ordered the source book because that was so much fun and, and I want to I want to run something with it. Right. And so then I had to learn how to run the game because nobody else was going to learn it except for, you know, you and me. Mm -hmm. So somebody had to run it. Somebody had to run a campaign. So, you know, I, I pivoted from learning as a player to learning how to run it. And that's what I that's what I think we really want to talk about tonight, though. Um, yeah. Is like learning how to like okay so you so you maybe you got a Call of Cthulhu game in at a convention or or maybe you played Urban Shadows or something. How do you go about learning that so that you can take that game back home to your gaming group, basically? Right. Yep. yep. So what are some things you got to review? So I think yeah. So uh, starting point is what interested you in the game is probably the theme. Yep. If uh, some people mechanics may be what interested you, but I'm sure if this is a role playing game and you're a role playing player, it's probably the theme and the setting yeah. that brought you in uh, yeah. initially. The general feel of the game. So, I, so I think that's a great starting point if you're trying to say I want to I want to dive in and learn this, but I got this giant you know let's say 350 page source book in front of me. Mm. Well, just spend some time scanning over the setting. And, yeah. you know, what we've talked about before, what is part of a good setting of a role-playing system is it has a it has a world building, it has, but it has a threat that's there. Learn what the threat is, learn what the setting is, learn what the general feeling of the people who live inside this setting is. And that gives you an idea of what, you know, how you, how you need to represent the world to the people that are playing with you. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I think... I mean, like you, you, you're gonna pick up a source book and you're gonna say, okay, Cthulhu's a mystery-based game, mystery and horror, you know. So you're gonna know, like, all right, well, maybe this isn't about like epic combat here. This is about investigation and trying to figure out what the crap is going on before you go insane, you know. Um, maybe you pick up Star Wars RPG and you're like, hey, I know what the Star Wars universe is like. It's wielding lightsabers and running around acting like heroes all day long and not being able to die it's it's absolutely amazing <laughs> right you know and yeah. uh you know you pick up you pick up a game like the witcher and you're like okay this is going to be a little grim darky and uh you know i'm fighting monsters this is a monster fighting book so okay cool like you you just just getting to know the theme because that will color how you prep the game as well uh for example i, I talked about reading 
the Black Company books because this Black Birds has this dark fantasy, dark low fantasy feel about it, and I want to flavor more more of that into my preparations if I make it if I make you know a, a campaign or an adventure for it. I want to flavor that, so I'm reading more of those materials to bring in that theme and, and really expose that theme. You know, as we as as I look to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I think that's something you can scan quickly. Usually, yeah. most of these source books they have an intro chapter, like the first chapter is establishing the scene. And so what I'll do is I'll pick a book and I'll just flip through and look at the pictures in that mm-hmm. first chapter. Look at the picture, gives me an idea of the world I'm in, the feeling I'm in. Um, and then I'll quickly kind of scan through the highlighted boxes and hopefully, you know, they've, or if it's a small material, just, you know, look through that first chapter. You should be able to do it in a very quick time. And I, I usually don't focus on all of the crazy details, you know, and I have to catch myself because I'll go through rabbit holes, like with the alien source book, because, (laughs) you know, that, that material is so nostalgic to me. I'll say, well, all right, I want to get a quick setting view. I'll, you know, I'll read it. Next thing I know, like four hours <laughs> later, I'm deep into like this deep planet that my players will never, ever see. And I'm like reading the history. I'm like, wait, what am I doing? You know, I'm just, <laughs> but, you know, so don't be careful. Make sure you don't go down rabbit holes. Just scan it. If anything, just look through the pictures of that first, that first chapter and kind of get a feel. Yeah. Yeah. And look, even if you go down the rabbit holes, enjoy it. Hey, have fun with it. Yeah. Right. It's yeah, part of definitely. what this is all about. Having a good time. All right, well, the, the hardest part, I think, for people to learn how to run a game is getting the mechanics under control, mm-hmm. you know, because totally. obviously you don't want to make it too easy. And if, if, the, if the RPG is done right, the mechanics bolster the theme. You know what I mean? They play into the theme. So, you know, again, I'm going back to Call of Cthulhu. The, there are several mechanics about how you go insane. Uh, or that test your sanity and things like that. You should know. You need to know those because that is part of the theme. Part of such a core element of the game that you really need to understand how that works. You do, and th- this is the probably the hardest part, right? Um, because I get worried that I'm going to hit a situation when I'm playing with my players mm-hmm. where they're going to want to do something and I'm not going to know exactly how that rule right. uh, is running this system. And then we're going to have to pause. We're going to have to step out of character for a minute and rummage through the book to figure out how the syst- how this system mediates this. The best right. example is grappling. I feel like every game system I play, whenever anyone wants to grapple, everyone has to pause and be like, wait, how do we do this again? I just always do strength versus strength. (laughs) It doesn't matter what system. I don't care. Roll your strength. I'll roll my strength. Whoever wins, wins. (laughs) Yeah. But there's some systems that are so convoluted. It's like, okay, now that you're grappled. Okay, cool. So now now that you've passed the check and you're holding on to him, let's roll another check to see if you have the ability to do anything while you're grappling. Like, wait, what? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so then you're doing checks, nested checks inside nested checks. And you're just like this. uh, You know, I'm just let go of them. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, I I think I think um you know, obviously understanding how combat works, that's key. Uh understanding how like skill the skill system checks work, right? So I want to jump over a log. 
That's important. Uh, I think I think you have to know though, like but even before all of those things, you have to kind of know what kind of system you're running because I think RPGs are categorized into just a couple of basic systems uh, or, or mechanics, and really it comes down to like what dice are you using. So Star Wars and Genesis are going to be using the narrative dice. You need how to know how that works, mm-hmm. right? If you're running RuneQuest, uh, Cthulhu, Warhammer 40k, uh, you know. Uh, the 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 Zweihander Apocalypse system, that's uh those are all D one hundred games, you know D and D's a D twenty game. You've got some two D twenty games, two D six games. Like if you can understand the mechanics behind those, I think that you already put yourself in an advantage to understanding how the skill checks work. Because like for example, the D one hundred games. It's pretty much the same thing when I'm running Cthulhu as, a, as when I'm running Warhammer 40K as when I'm running Blackbirds. Like, they're all pretty much the same. And so if you kind of know how that works, you can fudge a little bit if you're not 100% on the rules. Yeah, and this should be this should be like a call-out box on a page if this is a good system to tell yeah. you how, how do you roll dice? Like, how do you do something in the game? It should be like, this is the base mechanic. I mean, you should be able to figure it out real quick. But it it gets back to how do players describe their characters? You know, how do they not describe? How do they define their characters? Right in D and D, you have your you have your um your your attributes, you have your um and your skills, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, in uh, <clears throat> in most games, you have something very similar to that, some core set of um scores whether it be like strength or charisma or in some systems spirit, um, you know, uh, heart, mind, uh, those kind of things. There's some core thing that all the skills are kind of based off of. And this is interesting, actually, in the original Firefly RPG that we played, which was based off of the early Cortex system. um, Okay. The concept was kind of the same. You had some base core scores... And then based on what you wanted to do, skills were not tied. Like in D&D, you know, a certain skill is tied to a specific base score or at- uh, an attribute, right? Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me, attribute. It's the same with the Star Wars. Um, it's the same with the Genesis system. Yep, you have a yep. base skill that's tied to a, a core attribute, you know. Yeah. In the original Firefly system, it wasn't like that. You had your base scores or attributes, we'll just call them. I think they were called something else, but attributes. And then depending on what you wanted to do, you would pick a skill you had and you would say, in this scenario, in this specific situation, I'm going to use the training I have in this skill, but I don't think it uses strength in this situation. I think it's going to use intellect Uh or mind. And so then you would the GM would say, okay, help me understand why. You would say why, and you say, okay, go for it. Then you would take your mind score, you would add it to your skill score, then you would roll your dice. So I like oh. the freedom of that system because you didn't. It, it wasn't like a skill was hard coded to a specific attribute. You could tweak it, and it gave you freedom and flexibility. But what I'm getting at is, while that system was a little different, it's the same basic approach. A skill typically involves, you know, um, <clears throat> some sort of training score that you add to an attribute score. And it's yeah. not always add. Sometimes it's you know a number of dice. Like if you're at you're like in the alien in the free league, uh, in some of the free league systems, 
uh, you take your base score and you that says that gives you a certain number of base dice. You grab those dice in your hand. Then you look at your train score and say, okay, that's that's uh, you know I have this much training. You grab right. that many dice in your hand. So there's right. some sort of accumulation that's happening yeah. to make you better. So uh, long rant, but the point is is that it should be very quick to learn how players are defined in terms of attributes and scores. Yep. And how to use those to do things in the game. I and agree. once you get that down, then don't worry about the rest because that's the point of role playing is as you try to do stuff, just hold on to that basic thing. Even if you get something wrong, it doesn't matter at first. You know, roll the dice, uh, try to use that base idea. And um, if something gets complex down the road, you know, you can decide to simplify it in the moment, or you can decide if the time is right to take 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 some time and open the book yeah you know um it's funny because you talked about like you, the book should tell you how to roll the dice you know um on page 16 and 17 of this blackbirds book it's all about how to roll the dice and how to read a d10 you know what yeah. i mean like mm -hmm. one of the key things you don't see this too often but one of the key things is it says if you roll the zero zero on the tens die and a one on the units die it's equal to one because some people are like oh that's 100 you know what I mean? Or that's like, the big, yeah, that's the big hiccup with yeah, those and so dice. it explains to you like exactly like okay, no, this is this and this, and it even has pictures that shows you, you know, and stuff like that. So um, I thought that that was pretty good. Uh, going back to the skills and attributes, like the thing that I would just add there, and, and you kind of touch on this, um, you know, once you know those things, then you can role play anything. And yep. what I have found helpful is to take a character sheet myself, a blank one, and just put it in front of me so that if you're like, okay, um, you want to jump over the log and um, dive into the pool. Okay, what's that going to be? And you can look on the, th on the player sheet, the exact one that they're seeing, and be like, okay, that's going to be an athletics check. Or mm, you could probably use dexterity here. You know, just because, like, you can see what, they, like, what they're seeing as well and um ask for that that check because if you're like oh give me a uh give me an acrobatics and they're like we're playing cthulhu am i a circus clown like yeah. i don't have <laughs> acrobatics you know <laughs> you'd be like you're like oh crap that's a D, &D one you know yeah. so having having a player sheet in front of you helps you oftentimes to know what you can ask for you can also just have them not roll the dice in some situations. It is a role-playing game. So, it is true. You know, it is the, true. the dice, the mechanics are there to mediate situations that role-play doesn't uh, push push through. And we kind of have emphasized that many times. Um, but sometimes it's just fun to roll the dice and see them trip over the log. It and is. Fall and fall water. It is. And in some <laughs> systems like Genesis, the dice play a very important part of the narrative development yeah, of the game. True. So, yeah. yeah. So... But yeah, I, I think I think um, understanding again, like you said, how to roll the dice, how to how to map the skills to doing something, um, those are like two of the major and and also um, knowing what mechanics like play into the theme, right? Like the sanity mechanic or the fear mechanic or the mm -hmm. like like those mechanics. Like uh, you're you're gonna be dealing with the stress mechanic in Aliens coming mm -hmm. up, right? So because that's such a critical part of the game, you got to know how that works. Yeah, and that's been a part that I have revisited um, over and over to try to get it kind of lodged in my skull. Yeah. 
is um, okay. I'll, pretty much every other night, I'll kind of remind myself, okay, how do we do stress again? Now that's right, because I know how stress occurs, but when does it get interesting? When right, does stress right. get interesting? It gets interesting when this happens, and and there's one table on this one page, and that's all I really need to know is I need to be, put a little bookmark or a sticky note on that part, and yeah, then we can have fun with it. Yeah, exactly. With Shadow of the Demon Lord, I knew page 35 was my bread and butter. That's the madness table mm-hmm. um, for when you go crazy, right? And so page 35 in the book, like that's where you got to go um, to then have them roll a d20 and find out how crazy they got. You know, so uh, because fear was such an important, important part of how that worked. And like in Shadow of the Demon Lord, once you were afraid, that triggered other conditions, right? You could only be, you could only go slow. You do slow turns, um, you know, like uh, there, it triggered other conditions that happened. So just knowing how those mechanics work for what was the theme of the game, I think is, again, I'm harping on this, I know, but it was really important. Yeah, so I think that's a good, um, <clears throat> I think those are good, and you can, you know, depending on the complexity of the system, and some people really enjoy complex systems, there's nothing against that, you could spend a lot of time in the mechanics. I think you can very quickly get your theme, and then that yep. theme will help you figure out what mechanics you need to pay attention to, because there's yep. certain mechanics that are just going to be, they're just there to help when you can't seem to get through a scenario through role play, but other mechanics are going to be there to tie back to the theme, as you said, Justin. Yep. Yeah. And that's what makes the games fun, right? Because I'm not going to try to learn how to do a lot of combat in Call of Cthulhu. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I definitely want to learn how to do uh, sanity checks, investigation checks. You know what I mean? Like those things are so important. Yep. yep. So. Yeah, very good. So, so all right. So you played a game. You know that you need to learn some of the mechanics and stuff like that. You know you need to learn some of the themes. How do you how do you get into that? What are the resources that you need to learn how to how to run this game? We we talked about a few of these before the podcast started. I think most game systems today have a website mm-hmm. with publisher content to get you started. Like uh, don't, free. Yeah. free publisher content downloads you know yeah don't be afraid to jump into that stuff immediately in fact that's what we're doing for aliens you know i i bought a i bought a starter uh, uh cinematic camp uh cinematic event yeah <clears throat> and we're just gonna run it with pre-gens yeah. and everything you know yeah and we're gonna have pre-gens are it. amazing pre-gens yeah. are awesome because then you don't have to give too much thought into like you know creating a character and stuff like that you guys can just jump right in and usually the pregens are optimized for a starter scenario so that everybody can have a lot of fun and one of my actually the very first D game that i think i ever played was when um who was running it were you running it, uh, it was, if you played it at sean con it was me. yes yeah it was that one that was my first yeah. D game i ever played Wow, it was um, your first D&D? That's awesome. Yeah, I know, right? You were my first, Jason. I would. <laughs> <laughs> Continue was, the story, please. Yes, exactly. That was the one that Dan Flynn kept putting rats in people's pockets. Oh, yes, that was so good. It was so funny. Um, yeah, but that was the first one I played. But remember, like we all had pre-gen characters. Yep. You had these. This was the um, Horde of the Dragon Queen. Horde of the Dragon right? Queen. Yep. yep, which was the starter kit. A lot of fun, great little maps, right? Like, it 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 was just a ton of fun. And again, 
we were all balanced and optimized. Nobody was min-maxed with the pregens, so everybody's just having a good time with their character. Pregens are also so. great because if you want to try a new system, there's no obligation for your friends to come over to your house to play. It's like, okay, well, do I need to get a book? Do I need to create a character? It's like, no, dude, just show up at five and bring money for pizza. Right, exactly. That's exactly. it. So, um, so bef- like, I want to talk about some starter boxes and stuff like that, but I, I do want to go back and hit on the publisher content. For example, D&D Beyond, you can go to D&D Beyond right now and download the free rules, which is pretty much the whole player handbook from what i saw yeah there are some um there are some classes and feats and stuff that aren't in the basic rules but it's a lot of you have more than enough to get started it's huge uh go to chaosium and they have a free cthulhu rule starter and adventure that you can download today and play with your friends tomorrow night if you wanted to you know and pre-gens included in fact, there's a great little one that's called The Haunting that I'm kind of wanting to run on Halloween. It's about a haunted house that you're Ooh, stuck in. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. should totally do a Halloween. I know, right? It would yep. be so much fun. And I'll get the candles and skull out again. Yes. You know, so that will be that will be a lot of fun. Um, and uh, But, I mean, that's on that's on there. Um, you can go to – you can go to so many other places, and there's just like, oh, uh, Chaosium, again, has a pen dragon – free download free adventure that you can play right now uh so look there's just so many options out there that you don't actually have to spend money on to see if you like the system i think that's amazing like we're living in the golden age of rpgs right now Mm -hmm. you know so go out and take a look like it just find a company that's making the rpgs that you like and see what downloads they have out there that you can play and we we literally just talked about playing the free league publishing one that's on their Kickstarter right now, the Dragon Bane. You can yep. go play that yep. right now. Yep. So pretty cool, pretty cool. Uh, all right, so getting back to the pregen stuff, right? We talked about like getting um, uh, the D and D starter box, Horde of the Dragon Queen. I ha- I have to give a shout out. I'm going to say this every time we talk about starter boxes. Call of Cthulhu starter box is the best deal in gaming. I cannot emphasize that enough. It's 20 to $25, depending on when you find it. And the amount of adventures that you get, the amount of handouts that you get, the maps, everything, like, you have um, you have a uh, one- to two-player scenario. You have uh, a solo scenario that you can play that actually teaches you the game before you play it, which I think in, is, like, huge. I'll get back to that point in a minute. And then you have um, two full scenarios that you can play with four, um, like five to six of your friends in there. And those are like full four to five hour session scenarios. So you're getting three f- straight out of the box playable scenarios with pre-gens and also a solo play game that you can play and all the handouts you need for like $25. Like I have gotten probably 10... 10 solid hours of playtime with my friends out of that one box. So that's $2 and 50 cents an hour that I paid Yep. for that. Where can you find that kind of entertainment for that money? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and again, something that chaosium does better than anyone I have ever seen solo games that teach you as a DM, how to create a character and play that character yeah, with a cool. like, play by um kind of choose your own adventure style game so that when i got done doing the call of cthulhu and rune quest i said 
I understand this game's theme. I understand its mechanics, and I understand like really the core principles of what it's trying to do. Everything else is just gravy, you know. And I knew how to run the game, so that I thought that was awesome. <clears throat> yeah, it's a lot of good stuff, like you said. You know, golden age for RPGs right now. But <clears throat> I would say, don't be afraid to look for that starter material. You know. Yeah. It, ju- gra- grab, grab the starting material. Grab the source material. Look at the theme. Look at the mechanics. Then go out there to drive through RPG and find somebody's one shot, or go to go to the publisher and and pull down their their easy quick adventure and just run it. You know, don't don't feel like you gotta really homebrew a giant system. In fact, yes. I would recommend against homebrew. I would too. Until you really decide, oh, this is something my gaming group really wants to invest in. Yeah. Otherwise, you're you're investing a lot of your time into a big fat maybe that maybe yep. not a lot of people are interested in. In fact, I think that we decided that we wanted to run Shout of the Demon Lord after Gen Con 2018. Yep. And I got two starter adventures for like $4. And the uh, I had bought the core book. So the core book was $40. I got two starter adventures for $4, not each, together. Right, and we ran those first couple, and I had sort of done a little homebrew to supplement one of those, and like we were in it, we were having fun. So I didn't put out that much money to get into it, you know, and we knew we liked it. Yep, easy. easy and that day. took us to Granville. <laughs> right. We love Granville. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, so um, so yeah, so. <clears throat> Publisher content, starter boxes, adventures on drive through RPG. Yep. And then don't forget about the giant community that's out there in the world with YouTube. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the you know obviously there's podcasts like ours that try to and try to help you kind of make things more accessible to you. But go to YouTube, man, and look for look for people who've played. Look for people who are reviewing the systems, uh, you know, unboxing the starter boxes. Yeah, you. I, I feel like there's a YouTube video out there about starter box of Cthulhu. Yeah, <laughs> is there? That's on our. That's on our. Uh, that's one of that's our number right. one viewed videos on our YouTube channel. If you haven't seen our YouTube channel, you should check it out. Yeah, we need to put out more videos. But there's like yeah. three videos. But they're <laughs> but they're popular. But they are popular videos. <laughs> that's right. Um. Uh, yeah, look at system reviews, look at our podcasts, look at um, actual play videos. You can find some of those on Twitch and on YouTube. You know, like uh, you can you can find pretty much any system out there that's got someone doing an actual play. I cannot vouch for the quality of these sometimes because they might be boring sure. as sin. Yeah. You know, but like sometimes, I mean, like Critical Role is like the, the gold star for actual play stuff. But I wouldn't compare many actual plays to Critical Role either, you know. So. <laughs> yeah yeah um and when we say like most of our views in that video we're talking like 140 views i mean that's not bad that's not bad it's not bad <laughs> <laughs> but anyways yeah. uh yeah so don't be afraid don't be afraid to go to youtube um you know there's no there's no application for you other than clicking that like and subscribe uh, but and then falling uh, down the YouTube rabbit hole to where you're watching, yeah, uh, you right. know, 
Russian Russian misfires on you know guns. You're like, how did I get here? You know, it's funny. What usually it starts with me is I'm looking up some game, and then the next thing I know, I'm watching those like 20 minute recaps of an entire video where the or entire movie where the guy like tells you the entire movie in 20 minutes. Oh yeah, and it's, <laughs> I yeah, get so down those like, holes so quickly. You're like, what is this movie? And you realize it's some weird Chinese movie, yeah. you know? And yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, yeah, and my wife will come in. And she's like, why don't you just watch the movie? And I was like, because I'm not sure I want to watch it. And in 20 minutes, I can have watched it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but and yeah, so have fun with your YouTube, uh, uh, you know, rabbit holes. But anyways, don't be afraid to use it, man. And um, I I find it's just such an accessible way to explore there's so much content on there that i think any game i've ever been interested in i can find someone who's talked about it on youtube to get me a little idea about it right right yeah i so this is this is going to be my last point that i want to add um don't be afraid to try something new like if D D is feeling a little stale for you in your gaming group try something new just even do a one shot, just a one shot, and then you can go back to D and D if you guys don't love it, you know. But just try something because I feel like there's so many interesting games out there that are, you know, different than D and D. It might be a 1920s investigation. It might be a sci-fi game that you want to play. It might be a horror game that you decide you want to play. Uh, you know, it maybe it's a different kind of fantasy. Maybe th- there's just so many different things to do. Like it's. I love branching out. I love seeing what else is out there. Uh, we seem to come back to D&D for some of our campaigns, Jason, uh, which is fine. But in the interim, like, we love playing these little one-shots and doing doing little things and seeing how we like different systems. Because uh, you know what they say, the variety is the spice of life. Yep, yep, absolutely. I, I can, I'm going to second everything you said. Please try other systems. It is, it is fun. And it will give you experience and exposure. You might find something that just tickles your fancy for a little while. And worst case scenario, you learn to become a better RPG player because you've tried something different. That when you go back to your tried and true, you know, D&D, like you're just a better RPG player. You know, like maybe or, or, or game or dungeon master because now you know how to run investigations better because you did an investigation RPG. Or maybe you know how to inject horror a little bit into your D and D campaign because you ran a horror campaign for or maybe a horror three shot arc that you did, you know, and, and now you can bring those tools to to your bigger campaign. So mm-hmm. Um, you know, spread out, enjoy, uh, and, and try some of these different things. I think a lot of uh, some of these little indie publishers or lesser known ones are putting out some really good stuff too, like really, really creative, good stuff. Yep. So check it out. Uh, I think that's it for the show, Jason, unless you got something else you want to add. That's it. Well, uh, so for all of you that made it to the end, I'm going to give you one last hint. What could that be, Jason? Man, I just, so many different things. That it's just sound. like so polyhedral. Yeah. <laughs> so polyhedral. Um, but no, seriously, everybody who made it to the end, thank you so much for listening. Make sure, uh, please, please, if you like what we're doing, give us a like. Give us a review on iTunes. Give us a review on Spotify or on Google. Uh, you know, hitting those four or five stars or one star, even if you really don't like it, 
I guess if you're going to give us one star, please don't do that. Uh, but you know, <laughs> right. but if Thank you're going to you give us, and, if, uh, move on, move along, yeah. move along. If you are going to give us a good review, please do it because that helps us get uh, listened to by other people and recommended to that. That's how these algorithms work, and we'd love more people to just get involved and, and listen to us. So. Thank you so much for being a part of this journey with us. We love having you listen to it. And uh, feel free to reach out to us on social media. So thank you very much and have a good night. See ya.